You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 113 or 113 of the Real Reading Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. I don't know why I said 113, um, but I just thought uh, it was more to the point that um, I find that a bit spooky. Episode 113 released on the 13th of November. A Friday, no less. What do you make of that? Spooky. Woo. Oh, is that all your superstitiousness coming I'd, out? No, I have no real superstitions whatsoever. Um, other than in football, if my team has won a couple of games in a row, I would then assume they will lose the next one. <laughs> just walk under a ladder. Yes. That's not really a superstition. That's just knowing how football works. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the example of Reading FC since virtually the last time we spoke. Yes. Yeah. That's because um, we've been bigging them up. That's why. Yeah. Um, today's podcast is in two parts. Firstly, it's all the usual stuff. Indie Corner is back for week two, an opportunity for a local business to promote themselves for two minutes. We've got the latest headlines from town. And I've been chatting to Thames Valley Police Special Sergeant M.M. Adabola about the job. Um, it's uh, it's really, really engaging, um, but that's the bit that splits today's pod into. Um, I really enjoyed the chat with MM, um, but it's 25 minutes, and I thought chucking the whole 25 minutes into a podcast that's already an hour would would possibly just blow, blow people's minds. So I'm, I'm going to split it out. Um, there's going to be a short version of the chat in this podcast and uh, a special second podcast, which should be available immediately. Um, after you've listened to the first one, will be available on your podcast app with the full 25-minute interview. Um, before all of that, though, here's Indie Corner. It's this week's Indie Corner, uh, and you might have heard her last week uh, as part of our big interview, but we've got Anne-Marie Beattie, as recommended by Dave Moore last week on our new Indie Corner feature. Anne-Marie is the co-owner of The Grumpy Goat, and she's got two minutes to promote her business. Off you go. Hello. Um, yep, yeah, I'm Anne-Marie Beattie, one of the co-owners, co-owners of The Grumpy Goat, um, currently in the Harris Arcade. We uh, will be moving to Union Street, Smelly Alley, in about three to four weeks' time. We sell um, a range of beer, cheese and spirit. We were established in uh, 2013. Our new shop will have a bit more of a deli feel, so there will, will be more food products, more sort of daily essentials. We already already, already sell bread, butter, milk, um, etc. But um, yeah, hoping to have more of a pantry section in there as well. For those of you that um, don't feel like venturing out at the moment, completely understandable we we have a um small web shop 
and we also do a click and collect service and we also run a weekly delivery service um, and we and the delivery service can be daily um that's we were doing that during the last lockdown i'm sure that will happen during this lockdown where <laughs> yeah get out there in the little van and just uh, uh trot around with the lovely parcels of, of joy oh and um, we've got a um we've got some advent beer calendar boxes going up on the website very very soon and we'll also be doing some Christmas special combo boxes um, as well to add to the already the, the boxes that we do on the website. We have a full list of our beers on Untap. And what's the website address? Oh, yeah, it's the www.thegrumpygo.co.uk. Lovely, Anne-Marie. Thanks very much. Just as part of this, uh, we do ask uh, everybody on Inti Corner to recommend a business for us to speak to next week. So who is your recommendation? Um, yes, it's um, the lovely folk at Village Made Cheeses doing some excellent things over in Risley. They've just made, well, they've been making a new cheese this year called Heckfield. So, um, yeah, absolutely, you know, great uh, local company, award-winning world-class cheeses on our doorstep. So fully recommend them. Indie Corner this week, The Grumpy Goat. We look forward to next week's episode. Um, it's all cheesy next week. Um, but I suppose The Grumpy Goat is, is cheese as well and beer. Um, how do we feel about The Grumpy Goat team? Oh, you know we like The Grumpy Goat. We've talked about them quite a lot the last yes, few weeks. last couple of weeks. It we was are fans. A, it was a bit of a coincidence that... Um, that they've been on sort of almost two three weeks in a row now uh but it's it's always lovely to have them and i'm very much looking forward to going to their new shop mm. um okay feedback time um you will remember last week's big apex plaza urban myth from paul etherington um just to remind you he wrote not sure if it's true but someone i was at reading uni with said her dad worked with the apex plaza development apparently it wasn't supposed to be pink but a sort of gray marble and the wrong wrong color got ordered it sounds daft but as i understand it the cladding has a serial number rather than a description so nobody realized until it was too late maybe an urban myth but it's a good story it's an urban myth i choose to believe um, <laughs> despite this next bit of feedback from zoe andrews who posted in the memories of old reading facebook group um she says it was meant to be pink the original architectural model shows it as a pink shows it as pink and the original foyer floor was also tiled in pink squares this matches the style of postmodern modern architecture which was in the ascent at the time where bright colors were often used for accent you see this along the river in Caversham with the bright red railings of the apartments near Regent's Riverside and you can see it again in the red railings of the Queen's Road car park all built around the same time so I feel like that pretty much closes that urban myth off. However, yeah, she's she's demonstrated a strong, strong piece of factual evidence there. Yes. So, <laughs> um, however, just to reopen the case just a tad, so if the door's slammed <sighs> shut, I'm just I'm just edging it a little foot in the door there. Um, Rob Lang at Brainwipe on Twitter replied to us. He said, "Was the myth that it was supposed to be covered in plants growing down from the planters dotted all over, so it should have been green?" Sounds unlikely, but that was the myth I heard. I like both of these. I like all of these. I think it was. I think definitely, I will perpetuate and continue to perpetuate the myth that Apex Plaza was not meant to be pink. And I may even start to suggest it should have been green and covered in covered in uh, plants. What do we think about that? Have you ever been inside? I haven't. Either of no. You? No. Have you? No. It looks a bit 
because one of my bus stops is outside the front of it and it looks a bit uh jungly inside is that what um Rob was referring to I like, think it might be, the yeah. big it plants be. inside yeah I, I, I or does he mean like you, you sometimes get those uh buildings now don't you where they plant things all on the outside of it to yeah. make it more eco so it yes. looks like a is that yes. what he means i he don't know all I can remember is when I when I bought and moved into my house, the front was covered in ivy, and getting that ivy off was an absolute <laughs> pain. And you can still see like the ivy skeleton all over the front of the house. It'll never go away. So um, I do just you know think twice. Just that's all I'm saying. Think twice before uh, deciding whether you're going to plant ivy up your house. Um, <laughs> Yeah. If you want to add to this myth or share your own urban myths around Reading, um, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. We uh, move on, guys, straight to the headlines this week. Headline time. Um, what have we got this week? Um, Hugh, the future of a swimming pool built in a Reading pub garden during lockdown has been decided. What was that outcome? What pub was it? And why is there a pool in the garden? just seems like a recipe for disaster to me <laughs> uh yes this is the uh, jolly anglers pub in reading um that earlier this year um installed a pool and a hot tub in its garden um it's 25 foot 25 feet not 25 meter pool that would be ridiculous um <laughs> 25 That'd foot be very long useful for the town. yeah it would yeah could make a lot of money with that um it's got an 86 inch TV, a pizza oven and a hot tub. And um, it was built during the first lockdown. However, um, there was a slight issue with it in that it didn't have, it didn't have planning permission. Um, uh, there was some debate about whether it needed planning permission. And it turned out that uh, the, the council is now not, not going to take any further action um, about what's been done. Um, either on its licensing or planning departments because there was there was a slight issue over the, whether the pub's license would have covered having a swimming pool as well but um that no nothing's nothing further is happening on this now um and right. the landlord whose name is zamal zakiri i hope i pronounced that right um has been allowed to keep this pool hot tub pizza oven etc which i'm sure it's definitely not doing any any trade at the moment because the pub will be closed, but um, probably won't do much too much in uh, December either. Don't, don't imagine there's much market for that sort of thing. Right, <laughs> just, right, just mm. thinking back to our pub-going days of, of old, because obviously mm. neither of us are going anywhere near pubs anymore. Um, that having <laughs> a pool in the middle of a pub seems like a recipe for disaster to me. I don't know about you. When I first saw it, I thought, hmm... So I don't think it's in use. Yeah, a bit split on this yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think it's for use. So, so they say. I don't. Think it's, it's a bit. Um, it was a bit seventies to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd be, 
I'd be a bit concerned about like the hygiene of it. But although I did read the article and uh, the, the landlord has said that they've got all the correct um, cleaning processes and things in place. But also, yeah, they're just the safety of it. I mean, I, it did say that in the article that it was only for use for people who were staying in the B&B that is part yeah. of the the pub. But, I mean, looking at the pictures on the article, how you could control that i don't know because it's got um glass fencing around yeah. around the water but it's not like high you could climb no. over that quite easily and when are you going to open it to b and b uh residents when the you know if it's a, when the pub isn't open the pub's open most of the time so yeah i mean I, I, um, people just... getting drunk falling in throwing yeah. up in it I, I i think the, the the point here for me really and you know i mean at the end of the day i, I think it's obviously it's taking up um pub space in the garden at the moment which you'd think pubs would would be doing all they could to use as much space as they could for for tables and seating um given yeah, restrictions indoors point. but just just more more to the point I, I, I don't really have any problem with this and if, you know it's it's it sounds quite quite novel um and it'd be a way to bring a few customers in but personally speaking i couldn't think of anything worse lovely summer's day loads of people on the booze around the pool and i'd climb out of it with in my, in my trunks and everybody sort of just looking at me and jeering and cheering. I'm thinking David Hasselhoff would come Yeah, to exactly. Visit. You know, I'd be like yeah. you know, with the curly locks and I, I don't know. It's just I'm not I'm not so sure about that. I don't I don't, I don't know. Anyway, what if you're um, sat there, someone does a, a bomb into the into the pool, <laughs> oh, get yes. thrown away over you. Not great. Yeah. It's not ideal, is it? It's not Big ideal. TV and the pizza oven, on the other hand, great idea. Can totally see the appeal of those. All for that. It mm. looks like there's a there's a there's a big um, ice cream fridge in there as well, uh, ice lollies and an ice cream freezer. That looks like they've got in one of the images as well, which looks uh, which looks great. And, uh, and if nothing else, a lovely view of the gas holder. So, which was it you that really loved those? Was it one of you yes, had a little a bit of a passion fan, for fan, it? <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, of the old <laughs> gas holders. And of course, it's on the Kennet as well, isn't it? Yeah. The Jolly Angler. Yeah. So, yeah. to sit out there with a pint and a pizza. <laughs> Would be quite nice. Story says yeah, business has tripled, tripled since they put it in. Wow, um, well, that's good. So that's good. In tough I times mean, for pubs, that's good. Yeah, that is. That in is all honesty, it, in all honesty, anything they do with that pub is is great because it when it was a few years ago I went and it was incredibly grotty. So just anything anything that that, that beefs it up and, and spruces it up a bit is uh, is all good. Well. Um, move on just to the the, the second story we were going to discuss this afternoon or this morning i don't know what i don't know what the point of putting saying afternoon or morning is given i don't know what time people are listening but it was um, <laughs> this one about seven ways speeding drivers will be stopped in reading um there's obviously there's it looks like people are going to be putting planters in the middle of roads um i i'd have thought to be on I mean, my 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 thing with um speed humps and, and traffic calming measures at the moment was my most recent recollection of driving anywhere was taking my wife uh, in labor to hospital and attempting to not rock the car too much go over too many potholes or speed bumps so i'm thoroughly against any 
<laughs> speed restrict <laughs> or anything like that that makes that for that one specific moment in life um that any consolation tom she was probably oblivious to a speed hump oh no, she really was she later. really wasn't oh she, really no, no not keen not keen <laughs> i think i had my head hanging out the window like a spaniel when, <laughs> when, when we did that journey it wasn't a good look no um <laughs> So, Hugh, what, what is going to be happening? It looks like we've got things like, what's rubber curbing? Things like rubber curbing and pinch points. So that pinch points is the thing with the bells, isn't it? Or, some, you know, those awful bell things they have. Uh, yeah, it makes it so you get uncomfortably close to each other, so you have to slow down, essentially. Yeah. Um, that's a pinch point. Um, rubber curbing... Um, I don't know what we're having is, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just all around the um, the the area of near near Reading, the near the hospital and the university, right. um, East East Reading, which is a twenty mile an hour zone, and has been since twenty sixteen. Um, but the council is concerned that no one pays any attention to these twenty mile an hour limits. Um, it's been discussed for quite a while. Um, I remember this. I did a story on this about two or th two, possibly three years ago, about the concerns, um, and there's just not enough police now to to um, to do regular enforcement in the area, um, and so they're having to uh, spend a bit of money to install these restrictions. So yes, with speed humps, we know what they are, um, and speed cushions, which are similar to speed humps those those speed cushions those those ones that sort of pop out that you can drive over if you line it up right yeah i think that's what yeah. they are isn't it i've never known they were called that though no um i i've um and I've, then they're looking at oh sorry go on priority flow traffic islands which is where um where you have to stop and let the other people come through a little sort of uh, what would you call it? A chicane, I guess. It would, yeah, it would be, um, and then there will be this rubber curbing stuff, which we don't know what it is, <laughs> and more, more twenty mile an hour signs and marks on the road to make it clear to people um, that it is a twenty mile an hour limit around that part of town. So they are doing quite a lot to, to try to solve this issue of people going too fast in an area where the uh, speed limit is as low as it can be, I believe. I don't think. Has I, there been anything that's prompted areas. this, Hugh, other than that people aren't adhering to it? Is like, has there been many Why accidents did it become... or? I'm not sure. The story, which I didn't write, um, doesn't say i can't quite remember why in 2016 why it would have become an area like that it's very very residential around there there's loads of people around it's a student area um and there's the hospital and there's loads of schools so yeah. you can't have you can't have people bombing it around there why it's 20 and not 30 i don't know um but i guess there must be some factual evidence to support it being 20 rather than 30 around there and uh, certainly, according to the council, people are just ignoring what they, what is there now and going faster than 20. Um, and so more needs to be done to try to enforce those limits there. And 
That's what's being done. I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before, I live in Southgate, and Southgate has a 20 mile an hour speed limit, but I, I'm fairly certain it's not enforced. And I'm pretty also convinced that no one pays attention to it either. So um, there are a couple of pinch points. Um, there are level crossings and there's, I don't know, for South, Southgate seems to have uh, five or six schools within it as well. So um, I, I would imagine that's why it's sort of a 20 mile an hour zone, but um, no one seems to pay attention. And obviously, Rach, I know there's the, in, in Caversham where you are, there's, we've, we've talked at length about recent traffic measures that haven't necessarily gone so well. Um, mm. Let's just hope, hey, that, that, that these ones are um, slightly better received. Yeah, I, mean, I just welcome a bit of resurfacing down my road at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> a few speed bumps wouldn't go amiss, maybe. <laughs> People do use it as a bit of a rat run. But yeah. yeah, I can totally see why they want to to do that in East Reading with all that, yeah, like you said, the residential schools and hospital and nurseries and the things. Um, is there any need to be driving like that around those roads? You do wonder, don't you? People are you in a hurry, wonder. aren't they, all the time? Yeah. Um, well, let, let's hope that these uh, these come along a little bit better than and a bit better received than the recent Gosbrook Road efforts. Um, but the and the, the final story we just want to talk about. And this this is right on my street. This is fish and chip shops in Reading named among the best in the UK Good Food Awards 2021. Um, this is one fish yep. and chip shop on the Oxford Road and one in Tilehurst. Um, I just want to see if we could clear one thing up. Tasty Place, is that same as, is that the same one that was used to be the Lemon Soul, or is that different? Or is it Lemon Place? I can't remember. I do not know. I would not be confident in saying that whether I wouldn't want to set off a chip shop war. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I do not. <laughs> I do not know if they are the same or not. Um, but both make use of glorious puns. Yes, yes, and I, th I think I think it's it feels like something that you have to do when you run a chip shop. You've got to have a got to have a good fishy pun in there. Um, although I'm I'm always keen to know more about the um, the the fish and chip shop by what was the red cow? You know the one that sort of seems situated between massive office blocks, but has sort of has never moved. Oh, that tiny yes. one! That tiny one. Sea spray is what it's called. Sea spray. Sea spray. Yes. Oh, yeah. Always not the Codfather. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I guess just in, in terms of this story, obviously it's, it's brilliant news that um, a couple of Reading Fish and Chip shops have have made this list. But um, for me, Fish and Chips is probably one of my favourite takeaways. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about Fish and Chips. I, I and, and I and I feel like now, now I need to go and um, now I need to go and view. It's Mr Chips in Oxford Road. Um, and that's run by Clarity and Circle Kung, and it is Tasty Place in Park Lane, Tilehurst, that have been nominated. Um, where do you normally go for your fish and chips? I live across the road Wings. from the fish and chip shop. Yeah. Which one, Hugh? It's called the Sun in Common Fish Bar. Oh, and, uh, I think it's been that. No, it's been yeah, it's it one is, of those places... Yeah. It's one of those places which has been literally exactly the same for well over 20 years. Nothing has changed at all. The menu hasn't changed. The prices have changed, but the menu has not changed. The decor yeah. has not changed, and the people running it have not changed. <laughs> it is a, a well-run well, 
run machine of a chip shop, which does exceptional spring rolls as well. Yeah. I know that's not traditional um, oh, chippy chippy fare, but they do they do a lovely spring roll. Yeah. Um, yeah, we in, so when I, growing, I go. growing up in Bracknell, we, the the chip shop was combined with a Chinese takeaway. I think that's always a, a sign of, of of good quality for me. Um, if you've got the two combined, you can you you queued <laughs> up on one side of the counter for for your Chinese and your on the other side for the for the fish and chips. Right, wait, you, you you were saying wings, which is a which is a, a fish yeah, bowl. we go to wings. Yeah, go to wings on Gosbrook Road. Um, yeah, do you know I was I was reading this story earlier, and now all I'm going to be able to think about is fish and chips. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, that's and, I, and I'm thinking how I think we might even be having fish and chips for tea tonight. So I'm, I'm oh, very nice. excited, very excited. But what I do like, which my friends always find a bit revolting, um, is a pickled egg alongside. Oh, yes, anything Ooh. pickled. Um, but they do. As I'm eating it, they like to tell me that that jar of pickled eggs has probably been there for 25 <laughs> years. Yes, <laughs> yes, almost certainly. Almost I certainly. think that's why I've got such a strong constitution, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> testing my immune system on a regular basis <laughs> i always like to get a curry sauce with mine it's usually uh, chips and large battered cod and a curry sauce oh mm. always enjoy what it. i was going to ask though mr chips that's the one on the oxford road isn't it yes um yeah. so he's got a, a bubble tea thing going on alongside the fish and chips oh right yeah uh i've never had bubble tea what is and I, I actually Googled it because I didn't. Okay. I thought it was tea that had been maybe not carbonated. So yeah, a soda streamed cup of tea. Okay. But it's um, not. According have you to, had it? No, no, never, never. According to the article, it's a popular sweet tea drink which originated in Taiwan in the 1980s. Yeah, but the bubbles, according to Wikipedia, are little beads of um tapioca oh okay mm. which and then yeah it's just a sweet cup of milky tea with the tapioca in and then they can put various flavorings and things into it oh. um i mean tapioca i'm sure it's delicious because it's very popular isn't it at the minute yeah. you see um, bubble tea bars popping up all over the place but tapioca isn't that the one that's a bit like frog spawn from when you're at school um, yeah, I refer to I think, Hugh for this one. I think so. I think now it's uh, for a long time. I I would always hear the the mention of certain foods and think instantly back to my school days. Cabbage being the, one of the main <laughs> ones, and cabbage is actually quite nice if you cook it right with various other things. If you do what they did at my school and before doing anything else, put it on to boil for lunch at eight o'clock in the morning and then serve <laughs> it up at lunchtime at, what, at half past 12, then it's not very nice. Um, no. But, so, um, I know we, I know we had a myth. We've had a couple of myths already, but I, I was under the impression that tapioca could potentially kill you. And I've just Googled it. Um, <laughs> And it says, if you've ever had tapioca, you've definitely had cassava root. Too much tapioca won't kill you because it's been processed. But even a little uncooked cassava root can be lethal. Um, and that's from something called WKSU.org. Um, on an article titled, Discovering How Common Foods Can Kill. Oh, I wasn't keen on tapioca before, and now you've put me right off. <laughs> Gosh. 
I think I'll just stick with a cup of tea. Yeah, I think I, think I might as well. Um, not that not the people shouldn't go and go and try bubble tea. Um, it, it's perfectly safe. Uh, but, um, because it's, it's... Sorry, just to finish on this, uh, Mr. Chips has won the same award before as well. So it's, oh, okay. um, it's obviously very good to uh, to go to. Also, it's very near our office. To, it's right at that end of Roxbury. Oh, Road. is it? Yes. Yeah, so, oh. um, Oh, right. we okay. well, is... Reading again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll do it on a day when I'm there, please. We will definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, yeah. As long as you get me a pickled egg. The reason I brought up that was it either the Lemon Place or the Lemon Soul earlier. I think my brother used to work at a restaurant called the Lemon Soul in Portsmouth, which is why I think of that. I think it was the Lemon Place in Tilehurst. It's because a, a colleague of ours, Laura Herbert, used to work in there whilst uh, she was doing that whilst also being a journalist. Um, do you remember? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Laura Miller, her name is now. Yes. Uh, yeah, she always used to go on about, <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, the gossip from Tylerst from uh, yeah. from the tip shop customers. <laughs> it was a useful source of news. Ah, that's on Norcott Road, not uh, not Park Lane. So, all right. Um, well, that's this week's news. Um, so they've oh. just got a free plug for not winning yes. anything. So. <laughs> Um, that is it for part one. In part two, we will be chatting to Special Sergeant M.M. Adebola uh, about his, his job, which is really, really good. The Big Interview Hi, everybody. Uh, I am here on Google Hangout this time, uh, just mixing it up a little bit. I'm with M.M. Adigbola. Uh, M.M., how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So you fluffed the surname already, haven't you? Oh, God, have I this done it? Fine. Oh, no. No, it's fine, it's fine. Actually, you can't pronounce it. I'd have to teach you a, a new consonant sound in a whole new internal system. So that's as close <laughs> as actually you can get without <laughs> learning a new language. Don't heart and mouth moment there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, how, so, uh, MM, you are a special sergeant with Thames Valley Police? Yes, yes. And you have a rather fine Twitter feed, which is what uh, has led to me talking to you today. Mm. I very much enjoy following you up. Can so you tell me a little bit about what a special sergeant is? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a special constable uh, is, is what the actual okay. thing is. That's what the actual role is. The special constabulary is um, basically volunteer police officers. So started back in the war, back in old times, um, <laughs> when all the real coppers went off to war, clearly. Yep. So they drafted us lots in. Um, <laughs> and the tradition has continued ever since. So it's, it's, it's a way to serve community. Yep. Um, you are effectively a copper with everything they would have. Um, but we just are volunteers and we have other jobs that we, that we work on during the day. And then in the evenings, weekends, or whenever you can fit it in, we come and do this. So the reason okay. I bristle when you say sergeant ever so slightly is because because I I've, I am a what they call a special sergeant. It basically means I'm in charge of right. a team of six volunteers. And how how did you how did you work up to that? Because from the, from that you obviously you have a day job. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm impressed by your setup there. Either you're into gaming or you do something with computer computers sat at a desk most of the time uh, mm. one one or the other so we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute just how did you end up kind of being in charge of other other volunteers how does that work um it's just it's the, the role is needed for um 
for pastoral care, making sure people are all right. I mean, yeah. there is a whole rank, what we'd call a rank structure within the special constabulary. Um, I think of them more kind of as administrative grades so that, that they tend to mirror what you've got in the in the regular constabulary, what we yeah. call PCs. Um, they'd be regulars and we're specials. Um, the Daily Mail called them normal. <laughs> I saw in an article recently, so we're special and they're normal. <laughs> we, we've tried to Americanize it and call them regular, but um, the rank structure is, is is similar. So you know, you'll have PCs above them, sergeants above them, inspectors above them, chief inspectors. We then skip a few. So the regulars will have superintendents and chief superintendents, uh, then deputy and assistant chief constables. We've got deputy chief officers, and then a chief officer who is a gentleman called Jason Morley Smith who was a very big head honcho in the ambulance service. So I guess he kind of donates some of his time to us to, to run our police service as well. <laughs> so um, so what, what made you want to do this? Um, I think I've always wanted to do, had some sort of interest in policing. I never, I never thought I could be a copper. Um, and some would argue I still aren't. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so close. So close. Yeah, to it, yeah, so close. So close. You know, but I make a decent wage, so there we go. And I... Um, I just didn't really see it on see it on the table for whatever reason. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't my interest as a career. I just found policing as a as a as an entity, policing as a concept, quite interesting. Um, so, and I swear this is a true story. When I was revising for my A levels a long, long time ago, back in the day, they still had A levels. Though I um, googled how to become a pilot. This is how you'll find out why <laughs> when it was because Google has only just brought out autocomplete. So I typed in yep. how to become a P. And I was like, do you mean police officer, pilot, and loads of other professions that began with P? So I looked at that and I went into that website, took, I think it was like Bedfordshire Police or something, mm. and they had this line of, of lots of different types of, say, I had like a police, a, a PC, a special constable, a PCSO, a police volunteer, and kind of just a little blurb under each of them. And I thought, oh, I'd heard of most of them. I'd, what's this special constable thing? Why does he look very similar to the PC? but slightly younger and clearly a bit more energetic. And I clicked on him and then that was, oh, right. So you can do this as a volunteer. And then, okay, right. Am I too fat? No, we're in. <laughs> was that literally the only bar to it? It, it wasn't quite, no. No, at the time I was a, uh, I was a pretty much a somewhat reclusive computer geek. So um, that was probably the hardest interview I'd done in yeah. my life at the point and actually i'm gonna screw someone over by saying this now i found my service record in an unlocked filing cabinet inside the central police station yeah and i found my interview notes and it said basically <laughs> Emma was clearly nervous during this interview <laughs> and, and lacks life experience however and then they kind of put some redeeming features in there. Clearly, the way the human psyche works i can't remember what those redeeming features were no no just the negative things yeah. absolutely <laughs> so um so let's uh I'll, I'll come on to sort of that that kind of role but day, day job wise give you give you an opportunity to to plug what you do what what is a day job that leads into kind of uh sort of i was going to say sort of by day you are a and then yeah. by night you are a policeman but clearly you're not a policeman only at night <laughs> evenings too yeah. i'm a i'm a <laughs> i'm a software developer computer programmer so i write oh, software okay. for um i'm a contractor so Ultimately, whoever's paying, I tend to have fairly short-term contracts. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm working for a company that protects Heathrow Airport from drones um, and some other airports, which I don't think they want me to say yet. But it's fine. Yeah, we, we can yeah, all. We've got the biggest one. We've got the busiest one in Europe, yeah. so that that'll do. 
Um, so that's, you know, obviously somewhat high stress at points. Um, that's yeah. what I do in the day. Um, work for loads of other people as well. But I'm, basically, I, I sit, in, sit in a desk, type on a computer all day, and then sometimes in my evenings, I go and sit in a desk in a police station. Yeah. And every now and then, they let me out to patrol. Because it, it, I think uh, so. Sort of following your following your your Twitter feed, which I, I've I've enjoyed immensely. Um, yeah. There's what your most recent video was you getting out of a car near near Forbury Gardens. Is that was it? Yes, that near, is. Yeah, Carl Lucio's, and you drop your uh, you, you you drop your handcuffs. Yes, it's, it's yes, good you're I, able to poke fun of you, poke fun at yourself as well. I think that's a large point of why I'm why I'm on there. I think it's I saw you know I've, I've been in special for like seven years now. Um, bit of time in Southampton, moved over to Reading, had a bit of a break in between. Um, and I kind of looked, one good thing about TVP is we are relative, compared to the other force, we're actually quite good at putting stuff out there on our mm. media. People don't really know what we do, what coppers do. And it's, okay, it's important. I didn't know what a special constable was until I find out by accident. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's important to get ourselves out there. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we can be very traditional and that's important at times. But I just, quite frankly, I find our social media a bit boring. Um, so I thought, okay, if, if you think you can do better, you've got to put your money where your mouth is now. Yeah. And then you sign up and, oh, right, I've got to make content now on a somewhat <laughs> monthly basis. <laughs> oh, right, this is hard. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I should have kept quiet. But there we are. So I, I find post little tidbits and, you know, stuff that happens. I think I think visual media is a lot more powerful than writing yeah. a two-page article, although they had me do that as well. Um <laughs> And I think it's getting people to see the human side, getting people to see yeah. some of the amusing stuff. I think people people um, identify with humour. I mean, you know, I, I know people, I, I get this with a lot of people I deal with sometimes. They don't quite think I'm taking them seriously because I'm a bit of a joker. Yeah. You know, and obviously it's fine for street level crime, but you know, when you're dealing with a rape victim, you just kind of have to shut up and listen to them. Yeah. Um, so the, the whole point of it is, is I'm I'm trying to kind of in my own way show what I'm going to what I'm going to say a different side of policing, yeah. Although it's you know every side is different. It's it's all about having lots of it's all about having lots of perspectives. And while there's the 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 the, the time and place for the kind of officious upfront, you know, on the 17th of June, a man was arrested for something. Yeah, it would be inappropriate to comment further as an investigation is ongoing, which we mainly copy paste to identify to your mate James Aldridge, who's always <laughs> on Twitter going. What happened there? What happened there? What happened there? Ah, oh, he's a mate of mine as well. So I call him <laughs> out, but actually, we're, we're very good friends. I did. Uh, I did see you. You. You dug him out on uh, on one of your tweets in there as well, which about the no. sand in the road, which was that was good. that was fifty. Word. Who published that? Fifty words <laughs> about someone pouring gravel on the roads. Ah, it's, the traffic, it's the traffic, though. It's the traffic. I'll bet you that was one of the most the most that was one of the most read stories of the day. Yeah, Absolutely, exactly I guarantee. Like <laughs> so you the the sort of the twitter stuff the video you do that yourself it's not a sort of mandated thing that a special car it's just it's your oh, decision no, to do it absolutely not no no you you know it's, it's policing this is above and beyond and obviously policing yeah. takes policing takes primacy which is why yeah. i'm not i'm not there that much you know that and quality over quantity as well I like <laughs> myself but really it's you know because i've got a job to do i've got work to do and um, yeah when people call on us, we need to be there, not batting away on the phone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Taking, you know. But sometimes it's sometimes it can it can work hand in hand. Like, well, I basically, I I went onto a well, Coley Park, and there was a couple of kids that would, you know, just mucking around. So I was, I let them let them have a look at some of the stuff in the police car. 
So right, can I take a couple of pictures? And I'll, you know, told mum I'll be putting this on the internet. You happy for their faces to go on there? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Last minute, I thought, actually, no, I'm not going to put their faces on. I'll put <laughs> some of those smiley things over them yeah. <laughs> just to make sure. But yeah, but yeah, that that was part of it, and she was she was happy that the police take time to to engage with with their kids. They hadn't had the best start in life, bless them. And it's you know, the internet can be part of the internet can be part of um, part of engagement. Telly was part of it. We had this we had this with cops, didn't we? Cops is a, an amazingly simple telly. Have you seen cop? Most people. I- have. I think I have, yes. I think I have done at some point, yeah. It is a terrifyingly simple concept. The format is is the format is to a T. Basically, there's some South South American yeehaw cop in mm. a car with like more equipment than all of TVP put together. And he goes, like, I've been a cop for seven years, and here's a thing on his radio, and he goes to 26th and 48th Street, points his gun at someone, arrests them, and pats himself on the back. Cut to an ad break. That's that's it. That's cops, and every <laughs> single every single department that has featured on that show has received a boost in popularity and community support just for showing what they're doing. Yeah. So that's that's why I do what I do. The big interview. Hey guys, we're back. That was uh, the interview with MM Adebola, uh, Special Sergeant in Thames Valley Police. Uh, now, you will notice I mentioned at the start of the show that I've cut that a little bit short. The full 25 minute interview with MM will be available as a podcast on exactly the same space as this current podcast you're listening to. So just look out for it. I will label it very clearly as part two. Um, we will move on, guys, to the random question. The random question. Now, I don't know if you saw the random question in this week's script, um, but this week's random question is your favourite town or village within Reading's orbit and why? And I was going to suggest that perhaps you don't choose your own ones that you live in, because you both live in towns or villages. Yeah. This question caused a bit of consternation about whether... Um, Orbit is the right word uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, one of my your, mates. Your my mate, mate, Charlie. Yeah. He lives in Belgium, um, yeah. However, uh, on Facebook, we had some, um, we had much less uh, issue with the question itself and some fine responses. Um, Paul Etherington, friend of the pod, said, Sonning, wonderful diversity of houses, which are easily viewed, easily viewed whilst in a traffic jam. <laughs> Easily viewed and impossible impossible to buy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Danny Darcy says, Twyford Woodley. Uh, charity shops and a car-free car precinct in Woodley. Um, Mandy Thatcher said, Whitley family, um, I, I guess. Um, I think it's Whitley part of Reading. I don't think it's a separate town, is it? It's a suburb, isn't it? Oh, that's yeah. what I'd call it. It's, um, yeah. it's pretty big. But it's um, not really, it's not a village, is it? Yeah, it's kind of, a, it's like Southcote. It's yes. almost like an estate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alexandra Constantin confers with Paul and says, Sonning is beautiful. Absolutely love the houses. Little streets. It's gorgeous. Um, we've got a couple of votes for Shiplake, one for Henley, and I've just saved the best till last year. Linda Fort says, Burfield Common, definitely the most COVID-friendly place I've experienced since all this began. Polite, friendly road crossing practices by everyone. Lots of cheery good mornings. Scruffy rather than pretty, um, but it's proved to be very good. Um, so I guess I've given some answers. What were your favourites? Because I'll go with mine. Mine's Pangbourne. Love Pangbourne. Hmm. 
Yeah, nice. Big yeah, nice by the river. Cheese shop. Cheese shop. I like any of them along the river, really, just yeah. by the water. On a similar vein to the Whitley conversation, then, what what is Caversham? Oh, well, this often prompts a debate because Caversham, uh, Caversham is often voted voted a great place to live and it keeps on coming up in these top 10 lists we get sent of pe- places that people are moving to yeah um you got Caversham park village it's quite massive yeah please in the name and you got Caversham itself which is adjoined to reading so i always is call it, it a village yeah. i always call it a village um because it is kind of parts of it are certainly quite villagey, um, but then there's that bit that's actually pretty much in Reading. So, whatever, whenever we refer to it as a village, Twitter alights and uh, <laughs> tells us it's not a village. But um, it's not a town it, either. It's not a town. Uh, part of it is a village because it's called Caversham Park Village, and um, it's a suburb in, again, isn't it? It's a it's a sort of suburb, but we don't really use, like to use that term. Suburb. Mm. <laughs> um, so, based on the fact that mo- a lot of it is a village, it gets called a village. That's the logic. I'm going to go for, though, uh, probably unsurprisingly, I'm going to go for Sonning Common. Yeah. Just because it's where I grew up. It there's a lot of good memories there. When I, I go back there a lot, still, obviously, my parents are still live live there. And you can walk for sort of 15 minutes in any direction and you're in the middle of the countryside in the middle of nowhere. Some excellent shop choices, Hugh. I think you'll agree. I think Particularly I was, yeah. the local hardware store. Well, that, is a, that is a gem. But generally speaking, for a village, the range of shops that are in Sonic Common is extraordinary. You could be locked yep. down. It's probably one of the best places to be locked down in because you don't need to ever leave. <laughs> Got it. There's, there's, there's Butcher, there's the co-op, there's three takeaways within 100 yards of where I live, which is not good for my, my waistline, but it's good for lockdown morale. And um, there's there's the hardware, there's a pet shop, there's, a, there's you know, there's there's everything. Everything you could ever want. So, so I agree. It's not that what they used to be the wool shop, which was way before your time, is long gone. But for uh, all the crafting to keep you busy during lockdown, that would have been handy. Oh, funny enough, watch this space. Oh. <gasps> wool supplies on their way. Crafting is certainly on the way. If you were to look in my bedroom, there's my bedroom, <laughs> my living room, there is. Um, there are lots of experiment, crafty experiments that have been done in our in the living room. Not by me, obviously. Mm. I can just about do one of those snowflakes you make when you're five, <laughs> when you fold up the paper and cut bits out of it. <laughs> right. Um, you haven't, I haven't answered. Oh, have you not? Oh. No. What have you been po- talking about all this time? Village. Oh, I thought he was plugging yeah. something. Yeah, I'm not yeah, allowed I that because that I live here. Um. Mine is Twyford, for similar okay. reasons to Rachel, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a, again, it's a great little village that um, it's got everything you could possibly need. But also, I've played cricket for Twyford for this coming cricket season will be my twenty sixth season playing for Twyford. Wow! In a row, in a row oh since the age of thirteen. <laughs> I, it's the only thing in my life I've ever stuck at apart from this job. <laughs> and, uh, 
I'm rather <laughs> proud of that achievement as I enter my 40th year that I will be. Uh, and uh, oh. if you look at the all time club achievements, you will not see my name on any of them. So <laughs> if you talk about achieving levels of medi- mediocrity, I'm there. I'm, uh, I'm in the top 20 all time run scorers. All the people above me are, re- are retired, have given up playing a long time ago. And not not all the people, most of the people, and several of them have passed on. Um, and I still can't. I'm making very slow progress up. And people who joined the club ten, five years ago are now are now rocketing past me as well. So um, my cricket career is. Can't they give you like a long service award? Yeah, just ten thousand extra runs, so I get to the top. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. Um, but yeah, studying cl- and mediocrity, my cricket career, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I'm still there. I'm still playing, and I'm going to carry on playing until I'm physically unable to play. And like, so there. Fair enough. You are one of their most loyal players, Hugh. I am. You hang on to that. And what I've learned, Tom will appreciate this from playing f- playing football for so long, is when you are very bad at sport, on the occasions that when you, you do well at sport, it's much more satisfying than when you're good at sport and you do well at sport. Like I get much more satisfaction from playing cricket than I reckon Tiger Woods gets from playing golf, for example. Yes. Because <laughs> he gets really annoyed when he does a bad shot, and I just expect <laughs> it to happen most of the time. So. Yeah. Anything better as a bonus. So, there, Tiger, you can take your million pound, millions and millions of pounds of prize money and do what you will with them. I'm yes. still waiting for my Nike sponsorship, but um, nonetheless. Right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Um, meantime, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy, very much. That is quite enough for this week, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week with much more. We're still looking for good people to speak to, someone that would make a good interviewee on the show. And if you have any suggestions, please do get in touch via Facebook and or Twitter. Uh, if you have a moment, please give us a rating on your podcast app. And if you have time, submit a review. Uh, we'll be back next week for more Readingy Podcast goodness. Bye. 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 You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.